7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. I think the fact that we go into each and every game, whether home or away, with the same with the same mindset, with the same goal, you know, obviously to win and play the same way. And also, I think the confidence that we that we have or that we had throughout the season in 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 uh, uh, our away games also con- con- uh, contributes to it because if you look at it, uh, we've been uh, unbeaten away from home. We lost one game during the season and that was at home. So, yeah, we're looking to continue that and uh, uh, obviously go for the three points when we face Celtic. Um, I would say, even though we won the league, I think the guys are still, you know, there's still uh, certain goals that most of the guys want to achieve in the team and... For me personally, uh, I still want to contribute more because I set my goal. I set myself a target of 15 goal contributions for the season, and uh, so far I got. I think uh, yeah, I got 11, uh, seven assists, and four goals for for this season. So obviously, I, I still want to try and 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 reach my goal for this season. So yeah, I I'm motivated. I think the team is also motivated, even though. We already cleansed the title. I think the guys, like I said, some guys still got goals. And obviously, as a team, we want to get maximum points and finish on as much points as possible. So, yeah. Yeah, we we lost the first game in the MTN 8 and then we drew first round in the league against Celtic. We know what type of team they are, uh, the kind of football that they play. And obviously, um, I think if I'm not mistaken, they are fighting at the bottom, so they're fighting for their lives. So obviously it's going to be a tough, a tough one. But yeah, like I said, we're going into it with the same mindset. Uh, we pre- we're preparing the same way as we prepare for any other game. So yeah, we're hoping to to get the three points. Okay, that's championship mentality there, or the mentality of the champions. Good evening, everybody. Thanks for joining us on SAFM Spot on this evening with me, Tabi Somosia. Katlaku Mudiba is producing the show, and Patrick Munana is in a technical. The clip we've opened with, um, if you haven't guessed by now, it is uh, Sundowns' Lyle Lakay, who is talking ahead of their game. Uh, tomorrow, they're back in action. Of course, they've already been declared as champions, not crowned yet, but they did get a guard of honor there in their game against the Swallows and they are back in action tomorrow Masandawana up against the Bloemfontein Celtic and Laila K was talking about um, how they still want maximum points from their last two matches even though nobody can catch them and he says he's motivated to keep the standard high and also they've got personal targets that they want to reach you heard from him that he's got a personal target of goals and assists that he wants to make sure he gets to at the end of the season hey how's that don't you wish your team had that kind of mentality if you are not a Sundowns fan, if you are a Chipper United fan like me, don't you wish that was the mentality there of of, of our team? But Ash, no, it's fine.
Things will be fine. We will be fine. Uh, but anyway, um, we're going to talk football tonight on the show. We're <coughs> going to pick up where we left off last Tuesday. We like to focus on football on a Tuesday. And last week we reviewed some of the leagues in Europe after they were concluded. Uh, so before you ask, why are we not looking back at the Premiership or the Glad Africa Championship here at home? We do know that both those leagues are not concluded at the moment. So when they are finished, well, Glad Africa has been concluded, but not really, as you know, the boardroom drama. So when they are, when there is clarity then, and they're all finished um, we will look at them but let's go around Europe now um, last week we touched on the EPL we touched on the French League we touched on Bundesliga so tonight we're going to look back at what happened in Liga where there is breaking news story just broke uh, just as we were coming to studio with Katlejo and then we're going to go to Italy and talk Serie A both leagues had new winners this season in Atleti and Atletico Madrid as well as Inter Milan and by the way we did invite Glad Africa Championship sponsors uh, the company Glad Africa just to get their views about the drama that's happening in their division but they've uh, declined to speak at the moment but promised to send us a statement which we hope to receive then before the end of the show but we will bring things back home after we go to Italy and Spain and we're going to discuss the latest happenings in the Hollywood Bets Super League that's the Safa National Women's League it's got a sponsor now Hollywood Bets and it is called the Hollywood Bets Super League I've seen some of the games on TV I love the goals that you see there's one I saw on Soccer Zone I just couldn't get the player's name man um, there's one where she she chest trapped it and then she finished on the volley she finished with a volley with her left what a goal top corner there i saw it on soccer zone last night what a goal and that's what i love about the hollywood but super 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 league there's some great goals there from from the players so we're going to talk about that with gloria brown later on on the show you can send us your voice notes to 061-4104-107 if you want to weigh in on any on any of our conversations tonight and we do see the message here that says we have been had SAFM in Babatin in full signal for the last few months now. Okay, personally, personally, I wasn't aware. And, and this person is saying today is a total blackout. Has SAFM changed from a nationwide radio station to a regional one? No, not as far as we know. But um, Patrick is on it. He says he's going to forward this message to the technical guy. So thanks for letting us know that you don't have signal in Babatin there. But anyway, back to the football. We're going to go to Spain first and talk La Liga, and then we'll talk Serie A, and then we'll talk Hollywood Bets Super League. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. Okay, La Liga first. I know there are a lot of uh, La Liga fans here in South Africa. La Liga actually even has an office in Johannesburg. I've been there. They do some wonderful stuff and some wonderful activations for the big games also. They've got a nice display of the shirts, of the jerseys of all the teams in their office. And uh, they really want to have a big Im- imp- um, footprint on the African continent, uh, La Liga. And that's why they decided to come and open an office here in uh, Johannesburg. But uh, let's speak now to La Liga commentator and TV producer Tim Lee as we look back at the season that was team good evening from us in south africa thank you very much for being able to speak to us tonight tabisa it's my pleasure wonderful to talk to you all in south africa great stuff team good to hear from you we're going to start off with breaking news something that we we saw just before we came on the show in the studio here it looks like real madrid have announced their new coach ahead this afternoon that it could happen um it's happened now confirmed ancelotti's back this is huge story, isn't it? Breaking now the return of Carlo Ancelotti, who had such success with Real Madrid in his first stint, of course, was the manager when they won La Decima, their 10th yeah. European Cup in Lisbon in 2014. And it's been a whirlwind, really, with uh, Zinedine Zidane announcing his departure, 
Some people did expect it, but of course there was no real evidence that he would be leaving because he's been such a popular figure there, but then his own decision to leave the club and now a very quick appointment. Mm. And we see the return of Carlo Ancelotti, who's leaving Everton in the Premier League in England to come back to La Liga. I don't know if he's told them yet. And and you mentioned that he had a successful season in, in, in 2014. He won the Champions League. That was the one against Atletico, right? And then yes. he, won, he won the Super Cup. He won the Club World Cup. And then he won the, um, yeah, the UEFA Super Cup. But the next season, he didn't win anything and he was sacked. Well, that is life at the big clubs, isn't it? You have to deliver every single season. Mm. If I remember correctly, he was coming at the club after Jose Mourinho, mm. and he was a manager that just brought a, a harmony. Uh, he's somebody that doesn't try to involve too much complicated tactics, but he likes to motivate the players, keep a happy environment, and he brought that steadiness, that steady hand, and was able to manage very big egos like Cristiano Ronaldo, mm. Gareth Bale, Karim Benzema, um, there's wonderful midfielders that have had such success. Of course, Xavi Alonso was still there at that time. Iker Castillas manage all of those players and deliver that 10th European title that they had craved so much. Yes, and he did a decent job at Everton also. But now that we're on Real Madrid team, they were second, which is clearly not good enough at Real Madrid because they parted ways with Zinedine Zidane. Um, would you say then he failed in the past season? And how did he fail? What went wrong? Oh, what a wonderful question. Did Zinedine Zidane fail? That is a difficult one to answer. I mean, mm-hmm. the argument of yes is to say it was the first time in 11 years that Real Madrid did a whole season without silverware. So, And also, they came into this season as the reigning champions of Spain. Mm-hmm. You look at the Copa del Rey, they were eliminated by Alcoyano. They were in the Spanish Super Cup. They lost to Athletic Club. So... In these regards, then it was a disappointing season. Perhaps you could say it was a failure of a season. But I think if you analyse the context a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. and you look at the incredible list of injuries and COVID cases that uh, Zidane had to deal with, so many players absent, so many players unavailable. He had to bring through young, inexperienced footballers. And they kept fighting for La Liga until the last minute of the last weekend. And in the end, only four league defeats all season. They lost out on the league title by two points only. So when you consider the context as well, it's a little bit more nuanced. It's a bit more complicated because you could argue that Zidane this season did pretty well given the circumstances. Was it a mutual decision to part ways or was he sacked? Neither. It was Zinedine Zidane's decision. He decided to walk away. He still had a season remaining on his contract. Um, I don't know if uh, the listeners followed yesterday. There was a rather explosive interview with Zidane in the AS newspaper in which he spoke about a lack of faith from the club directors, from the board. He felt that he needed more of a personal relationship with the hierarchy at the club. He felt that he had earned the right to develop that personal relationship, to have more faith, more backing, so that when there were bad results, for example, when they lost to Alcoyano in the Cup, when they were on the verge of elimination in the group stage of the Champions League, he felt that he needed to be supported and backed On the contrary, he was hearing messages leaked to the Spanish media saying, one more defeat and Zidane will be sacked. So Zinedine Zidane, during the season, began to make his mind up 
that this is not the sort of environment where I want to continue working. I don't mm-hmm. want to be all the time two defeats from the sack. And so when he got to the end of the season and they'd given everything they had to try and retain the league crown, they just missed out. He then decided, this is my moment to walk away. And you have to remember, of course, it's the third time that Zidane has walked away from the club. And when I say walked away, I'm not saying it in a negative sense, but yeah. it's him choosing to leave in his own moment, on his own terms. And that's what he's done again this time. Yeah, what do you think is next for him? I know I heard he's been linked with PSG. Well, that's an interesting one. I'd heard uh, there's obviously ongoing links with the French national job. Uh, oh. Didier Deschamps is doing a great job, but there is a sense that it's destiny that one day Zidane will manage France. And I think as well, there's a sense that one day he will manage Juventus. Now, with the uh, end of season that Juventus had, only just uh, scraping into the Champions League, there were maybe a few thoughts. Could this be uh, Tabisha, the moment that he goes to Juventus? But of course, they appointed Allegri. Mm. Uh, Deschamps is still in the role with France. So it's difficult to know. I, I imagine, personally, Tabisha, that he will take some time out of the game. Uh, because he's always had such a strong family life, uh, mm-hmm. an appreciation of life outside the sport. So maybe half a season, one season outside of the industry, and then we have to wait and see, will it be PSG? Will it be somewhere in Syria? Or will there be something changing with the French national team after the Euros? We'll wait and see. Ah, interesting. Let's talk about the champions, though, Team Lee. I mean, Atletico Madrid, the champions. But boy, did they make life difficult for themselves. They were leading by 11 points at some stage. I think it was in January when they were leading by 11 points. Was the finish closer than you expected? Well, in a way, it wasn't any closer because, um, yes, in January, they had this big lead. It was it was 11 points at the end of the match week. Midway through that weekend, it was... Uh, uh, 13 or, or 14 points so they were stretching out this impressive lead but you always had the feeling that with two clubs like Real Madrid and Barcelona chasing them that there would be pressure and also another factor is the way in which uh, Diego Simeone manages his team he's very demanding it's very intense there's this defensive solidity you play every game as if it's your last so physically, that takes a lot out of the players. So when they began to go on a little dip towards February and March, it wasn't too surprising because you knew the players had given so much to put them in that position. But then we were faced with this unbelievable climax of the season, really, through April into May, where you had Sevilla as well, coming mm. very, very close into the title race. Barcelona in very good form. They, at one point, they looked like the team in form. And when, In fact, when Barcelona hosted Granada on the 29th of April, they knew if they win that match, they go top of the table with five games to play. And Real Madrid, they had this steal. Uh, Zidane had given a fiery press conference back in February where he demanded respect. He demanded the right to fight to defend the crown. And you had these four teams then all converging in this great climax to the season. And what was so impressive, ultimately, was how Atletico Madrid did hold their nerve. And there were numerous times when Simeone was asked, what will be the key to this title race? And Simeone said, mental strength will be the decisive factor. And in the end, after losing... In Bilbao, at the end of April, it looked like the chance had gone for Atletico. But they had five more games to play. 
They picked up four wins and one draw. The draw was away at Barcelona. And those 13 points were enough to see them through. And those all four wins were by one goal margin. That just shows how hard they had to work and how tight it was. If you've just joined us, we're speaking to La Liga commentator and TV producer Tim Lee, just looking back at the season that was in La Liga. We've already discussed about Real Madrid. They've got a new coach now, new manager, Carlo Ancelotti. Uh, We've just touched on Atleti now. We're going to get to Barcelona, but we just want to take a quick break, Tim, and we'll come back after this. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. Great ball from Raul Garcia. Kappa with the cross. Ninety-five passes for Zidane's team and counting. This is Varane to Benzema who spins. Wow. Karim Benzema with the breakthrough in the 82nd minute. A goal of real quality when Real Madrid really needed it. Yeah. Well, Plano coming forward beyond Ramos. Beautiful pass for Sergi Guardiola. Sergi Guardiola has equalized. Now Carlos Perez. Alba's drifting into the box. It's towards Ansu Fati. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. This kid is 16 years old and he's equalized at Osasuna, playing for just the second time in the Barcelona shirt. Okay. Tim, does that does that voice or that commentary sound familiar? That sounds familiar. I recognize that commentator. Yeah, even me. I recognize the voice. Sounds like somebody we're just talking to at the moment. <laughs> ah, Tabisa, you're too kind. Yeah, we just thought we should give the listeners a little bit of what you do and the person that we're talking to. Wonderful commentary there, uh, Tim. And that's why we really appreciate the time you've given us tonight. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. Let's look at Barcelona. They've got a lot of fans here in South Africa. Um, how do they look at their season now, finishing third, uh, seven points behind Atleti? I, I know before when Kuman joined, he had said that he wants to rebuild the squad. Did he do that? And is this an acceptable finish for them? Again, another great question. And, and you need to understand the context. And there are many layers to this uh, question. I think overall, when you consider where Barcelona were at the start of the season, then this is a more than acceptable season. Why do I say that? Well, when Koeman came in, Barcelona's recent result was an 8-2 defeat against Bayern Munich. Mm. And then in the August of last year, there was this trauma, this deep, deep tumultuous months where Leo Messi not only wanted to leave the club, he actively tried to leave the club, you know, the captain the highest goal scorer, the greatest player in their history, trying to leave the club he had joined as a young boy. So the club was effectively in turmoil. On top of this, you had issues like uh, excessive wage bill, uh, mounting debt. Ronald Koeman came in, and although the start and the end of the season were matches littered with individual errors, sloppiness, carelessness, and squandering points that effectively cost them the chance to win the title. In the middle of the season, we saw growth. We saw Koeman and the players building something. We saw a style of football that was hugely entertaining, very attacking. We saw a 19-match unbeaten run in La Liga. 
We saw a greatly improved away form. And we saw the young players given an opportunity. Players like Araujo, Minguesa, players like Dest, players like Pedri. And all of this, I think, bodes well for the future. There are still some issues at Barcelona. Obviously, there is still the debt. There are still question marks about some of the elder players. But given the situation Ronald Koeman found upon his arrival, I think that winning the Copa del Rey in such entertaining, dramatic fashion and putting together that 19-match unbeaten run in La Liga, which put Barcelona in April, late April, in practically pole position for La Liga, they're real positives. And I think Koeman does, in fact, deserve credit for that. Okay. And it was 4-0 against Athletic Bilbao. If you remember that game, Lionel Messi putting on a man-of-the-match performance there in that Copa del Rey final. Let's hear what some of our listeners are saying. So good evening. This is Vincent here. I want to ask your guest, uh, what happened to Valencia? Because I, I, I remember it used to be uh, the competitive club when David Villa was there, but since then I don't know what's going on. But the other thing is that I've realized that other clubs like Villarreal, Sevilla and others are not able to compete with club, clubs like Barcelona and Real Madrid. Uh, good evening, Tabiso, and good evening, Mr. Lee. Uh, this is Kincaid from Johannesburg. Well, I'd like to make a little comment, though. I'm not a bit... Okay, I am a bit biased because I'm a Barcelona fan. However, regarding the transfer window with what we've seen just in the beginning of Aguero coming over, does that mean Lionel Messi will stay at La Liga? Or will he move to the English Premier League? Just with your opinion. Thank you, Kincaid, Johannesburg. Good evening, Tabiso. This is Brian from Free State. I just want to know from your guest today, how big is an influence uh, Luis Suarez is to Atletico Madrid? And I want to know, did Barcelona make a mistake to let Suarez go? Thank you. Okay, nice questions there. Thanks, guys, for those. Maybe let's start from the bottom then. Um, Team, he wants to know, did Barcelona make a mistake in letting Suarez go and how big a loss was he because he went to Atleti and he's got 20, I think, 20-odd goals, 21 goals there in the season. Well, I'm going to give a maybe a slightly controversial answer to this one because common knowledge or common perception would say yes obviously Barcelona made a mistake to let him go he scored 21 goals and he fired Atletico to the title but I just want to make one point that I think is important in this whole discussion about Luis Suarez Barcelona did not let Suarez go because they thought he was a bad player or because they thought he was finished they let him go because they they identified that there was too much of a power axis within the team of Messi and Suarez that wasn't allowing the team to develop in a more global aspect with all of the players involved. It became a team which was like Messi plus Suarez plus nine, whereas they wanted it to be more of a team. And so it was a difficult decision to to let him go. But I think long-term, it's a good decision And I think even this season, we saw the younger players coming through, gelling with Messi, 
and creating more of a bond, more of a team spirit. And I think that that is the goal and that is positive Barcelona's future. Yeah, but now with Aguero coming, will it not be Messi Aguero plus nine? Great question. I mean, it does look as if they've replaced one um, 32, 33-year-old South American number nine who is a friend of Messi with another 33-year-old South American number nine who is a friend of Messi. So it's a slightly strange um, piece of business. Maybe the only positive or the, the redeeming feature with the signing of uh, Sergio Aguero is maybe given his age and his recent fitness problems and the fact that he's joining the club for the first time, maybe he can be used sparingly. Maybe the manager can use him in some matches and leave him on the bench for other matches. And maybe they felt they couldn't do that with Luis Suarez because he is the, I think, the second or third top goal scorer in the club's history. And it just wouldn't have been possible, really, to flick a switch and suddenly say, hey, Luis, suddenly this season you need to sometimes play on the bench. Talking about Messi, there was a question about him. It's been quiet about his future now since that storm of, uh, of, of, of last year. And he seems to have put that behind him as finishing as top scorer with 30 goals this season. Do you see him staying now at the club? In a nutshell, yes, I do. I would be more surprised now if he left than if he hmm. uh, stayed. Because we haven't heard any announcements. We've seen Aguero has joined... We noticed that uh, Josep Guardiola made a comment at the end of the Manchester City season when he said Aguero is going to go and play with Messi. Yesterday in the press conference, uh, Aguero said, I think Messi will stay, but nothing is certain. Laporta has said that the negotiations are going well. So there's nothing finalised, but it does look as if Messi will be staying at Barcelona. And then there was a question about why some of the so-called smaller clubs cannot compete with the likes of Real Madrid and Barcelona. The listener mentioned Villarreal, the champions of the Europa League. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, he mentioned Villarreal and then I'll get to Valencia after that. So Villarreal, what a wonderful finish to the season they had because let's remember they finished seventh in La Liga and so they would be playing in the UEFA Conference League, the new competition. But by beating Manchester United on penalties, they jump now into the UEFA Champions mm. League. And next season, Spain will have five teams in the UEFA Champions League. Unai Emre will continue to grow and build the project there. Manuel Pellegrini at Betis, he improved the team by 20 points after taking over. A huge improvement there into Europe. Imanol Alguacil is doing a fantastic job at Real Sociedad. They finished fifth. They play wonderful football. They have a fantastic youth academy. Lots of young products making the first team. And then if we're looking at the smaller teams possibly challenging the likes of Atleti, Real, Barca, what about Sevilla? Mm. They finished with 77 points, their highest ever total in the top flight. They won the Europa League the year before. They very nearly beat Bayern Munich at the start of this season. And maybe they can continue to grow with Lopetegui as the manager and perhaps even more importantly, with Monchi as the sporting director. Yeah. Yes, the great Monchi. There's actually a gentleman here in South Africa who's written a book about scouting, uh, Walter Stienbock, and he makes so much reference to Monchi in his book. That's one of the people that he actually looks up to. 
and you one of the best in the trade without question mr mosia yes and then the last one from our team was what happened to valencia the easy answer is to say gary neville happened to valencia but that was a long time ago though what happened to valencia because we know them as one of the team that always competes or plays in europe are usually but this season they were as down as a fifth what were they this season 13th oh they were they were lower than a snake's belly this season. They finished in the end 13th in the table, 43 points. I mean, that is a poor total for a club of Valencia's stature. Now, obviously, this isn't down to Gary Neville, but there is an indirect link because he was brought to the club by Peter Lim. And Peter Lim, uh, if we are frank, um, has had... He's the magnate, uh, the, the businessman who's been running the club, and he has made a decision to sell the assets of the club. It's as simple as that. He runs it in a very business-like manner, looking at profit margins, and he decided at the start of this season that he would sell the best players. Ferran Torres, Francis Coquelin, Mm. Danny Parejo, even uh, look at the manager, Marcelino, who left a, a, a year ago. All of these players and the manager who have left the club, they have gone on to have huge success. And they had wonderful players, they had a wonderful manager, but they've effectively decimated the core of that club, sold off the assets. That's why the quality of of the performances went down and down and down. And it was just an inevitable result, really. When Javi Gracia took the role a year ago, he was promised uh, certain signings, certain funds, that were then not uh, given to him. And he, in the end, had to make do with the existing players, a few loan signings from the Youth Academy players. And they didn't really have the strength and the quality mm. uh, to have a, a serious season. In the end, it was a very unserious season. They were closer to relegation than to Europe. And it finished with a 13th place finish. Yeah. Well, I thought we were going to finish, but one more question from our side, Tim. Um, play of the season. We spoke about it before the show, just within us. Uh, the producer here has uh, Suarez. Um, I know because it always favors the, st- the, the strikers. He says, okay, maybe Oblak then if we're not going to the striker. I'd say Messi with 30 goals will probably get it, but I like the Trippier from Atletico from what I saw from him this season. Who would your money be on? Or who can we put our money on for play of the season? What a great question. I mean, Messi's so hard to ignore. I just think he hits levels that nobody has ever hit before. And he effectively operates at his own standard. Messi scores 30 goals. He scores wondrous goals. He gives assists. He does dribbles we've never seen before. He produces the spectacular. And we, we just come to expect it. So it's even remarkable, really, that we are discussing whether it's someone else other than Messi, but he simply operates at a different level. And consequently, he is judged by a different standard. Mm. Uh, But he has been brilliant. And we should be honest, he actually started the season a little bit slowly. He looked uh, psychologically not quite happy once he found his gear, which was really probably December onwards. Uh, His gear was absolutely outstanding. I suppose for me, if I look at the answer to that and we're looking at someone other than Messi, I just have to look at the impact of Luis Suarez. And I don't just mean the number of goals, which was 21. It's the timing of the goals. It's the importance of the goals. It's how many winning goals he scored. And it's the belief that he gave his teammates that they could 
go on and win La Liga. Okay, great stuff. Tim, it's been a pleasure talking and to he you. had it. Okay, lovely stuff. Tim, it's been a pleasure talking to you here in South Africa. Wonderful insight, and thank you very much for giving us some of your time tonight. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Tavisa. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, team. La Liga commentator and TV producer there speaking to us. I did say that we're going to go to Italy. We're just struggling to connect to Italy. So maybe we'll start looking at the Hollywood Bet Super League as promised. And then if we can get that connection right, we'll go back to Italy. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. And our very own SABC Spot commentator Gloria Brown and analyst uh, joins us on the line now to talk about the Hollywood Bet Super League. And there's already a tweet here. Let's see. Where is that tweet? Uh, it says, I acknowledge that the Hollywood Bet Super League is the best women's league in the world with the best talented players. I think Safa must invest a lot of money and recruit more sponsors. Thank you, Shorty Signolo. Gloria, good evening from us and thanks for speaking to us on SAFM tonight. Thank you very much, Tabisa, for having me. Thanks, Gloria. Maybe firstly, let's talk about the cash injection and the new sponsor, Hollywood Bets. You've been calling for support for women's football and the women's league. Um, how important is this and how big is it? Um, so, we saw, I think I lost you. The oh, sorry. Not very clear. Sorry, Gloria. I was just, just trying to get your impressions on Hollywood Bets now coming and sponsoring the league and getting them naming rights and being the first sponsor of this women's league. Um, how do you feel about that? Oh, no, she can't hear me again. Okay. No, I think she can't hear me. We're going to try and get Gloria Brown on a better line. Maybe it gives me a chance to read some of your tweets then. As Shubilu Didi says, just like that, Carlo Ancelotti is back at Real Madrid. Big money moves, power play. The return of Zidane was great. Let's see how Ancelotti will do it this time. And there was also a tweet from Makashule Ghana. Back on Twitter, Makashule made a big announcement today. We're going to discuss it maybe later in the week. He says, it seems like we are seeing a trend of coaches returning to their former teams Allegri Ancelotti the stock of Pochettino back to Spurs the two teams is it back to the future phenomenon okay Makashule maybe you can answer that question yourself somebody says pizza to sundowns we're gonna see that also happening I don't know Gloria sorry about that we've got you back on the line I just wanted to talk about the significance of the women's league having their first sponsor in Hollywood bets how big is that and how important is that Oh, thank you, Tab. It's it's, it's really a, a great moment, a historic moment uh, for South African football, especially women, um, as uh, we, it's the first time we secure a commercial partner in women's football. And this can only but accelerate growth and uh, strengthen clubs, um, as we are aware that uh, women's football has always been treated like orphans um, in every part of the world, actually. And and this is really the beginning of bigger things to come. Yes. And what do you hope this sponsorship does for the league or just for the game? Well, certainly, if you look at the league, you, you, you're certainly going to get people taking the game much more seriously. You're going to get players now really thinking about careers in football because with the cash injection, it makes it a little easier for clubs to be able to be sustainable, for players to be able to to showcase their talent. And as we know that uh, visibility and investment um, is certainly something that goes a long way 
uh, we, we, we're not only thanking the partners in, 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 in um, Hollywood bets, we also got to really give praise to SABC for showcasing this talent mm-hmm. and showcasing women's football. They've always been behind the ladies. And I think for many people at home uh, who are finding it very difficult to accept that Sundays are dedicated to women's football on the television, um, have really got to come to terms with the fact that the, 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 the level planes of women's football are changing. And it's time that we give women's football the credibility, we give them the stage, and we also give them the respect because it's been many years of, of, of being isolated and not being taken care of. Yes, and second season now. How has the how has the second season been for you? How has the standard been? Uh, certainly an improvement, to be so, because you know there's been so many changes um, in terms of coaches moving around, um, in terms of the standard, you know, and also when you actually looked at uh, the first week of um, the games. Um, it actually tells a story. When we started the league, we started with showcasing about 32 goals on that week one. And when you continuously progress over the weeks, you're actually seeing um, a decline in the number of goals that is scored. And that's just going to show that teams are certainly getting stronger, certainly preparing better, certainly getting much more equipped in the game and taking it a lot more seriously. Um, last weekend, we there was 20 goals scored. The week before that, it was 22 goals. And if you, you further go back week three, it was 26 goals. So you can actually see that um, you're now not really getting that many high scores, although you will still get teams like uh, Mamelodi Sundowns that are dominating in terms of goal-scoring prowess, as well as JVW. They seem to be really on, 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 on a high. Six out of six so far for Sundowns. Is there any stopping them this season? And have they kept the core of their squad from last season? They certainly have kept the core and made quite a number of acquisitions as well. Uh, they recall their players from Kosovo, uh, who played in Albania as well. That's uh, uh, Mazet, as well as Andy Siwemsgoy, mm. and also made a few signings from uh, Bloemfontein Celtic, um, and uh, the goalkeeper from Botswana, Bosija, those are intentions of Mamelodi Sundowns to to really um, reinforce because of the fact that they will be participating in the Champions League um, over the course of the year. And, and it is important that they got to strengthen their squad and not take it very lightly. Um, look, they've had a close shave when you look at the results. Uh, yes, they won 1-0 against UWC. That is um, really setting the scene on fire. Seemed to be a tight um, um, a tight matches. But then again, you'd, you'd look at uh, week one and say, a lot of teams were not ready, um, and as, as, as the game progresses, you, you, you're seeing teams getting better and better. Uh, pole position is something that Mamelodi Sundowns have enjoyed. Uh, you can go as far back as 2013, 2014, um, and, and, and also winning it pretty handsomely without losing a single match. So that speaks volumes. I don't see why it will be any different this season. Yeah, before I go to the voice notes, 
I've seen the newcomers, JVW there. Um, I've seen them on SABC. They looked really good. Clean sheet, Kaylin Swart in goal. They've got Gabriela. I saw Amanda Lamini also there. What have you made of them? Certainly a great blend for Coach uh, uh, Ciara, making sure that she, 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 she brings in the youth and experience. There's quite a few um, under-17, under-20 internationals uh, who have graduated over time and are now part of the senior team. Just to name one of those is Robin Mudderley. She's mm. really done exceptionally well. Um, uh, they, they, they really are, are building a team of the future, yes, using the experience of Amanda Zamini and uh, Mamela Mokabane in the middle of the park. She's really working wonders with that team, and they are in second position. And not forgetting that they were promoted only this season. Yes. And it, it, it goes to show that it's not just about numbers. Women's football has got the talent. Even my Indies was the other team that was promoted to increase yeah. the numbers from 12 to 14. And they too are, are, are certainly up there in the mm. middle of the table Seven. in ninth position yeah. and, and, and really uh, making it count. Yes, they're doing very well there, my um, Indies. I also saw a little bit of them. First Touch Academy, by the way, are also a third behind the Sundowns and JVW. Let's just take a voice note. Evening, the member Tulane from Milan. I like what Hollywood have been doing for soccer in the country, giving out equipment for schools in the rurals, and now they're just involved with the ladies in the women's league. That will definitely improve the country when it comes to the rankings, so that the coach can select the best players who are playing that we know because sometimes the coach struggles to find players for the ladies but now we have a hollywood super league probably win the top 10 in the world in the coming five years thanks Thanks to Lani. Makes an interesting point about the national team coach also and now getting an opportunity to see more players in the Hollywood Bets Super League. And just, there's just a question from Matimu Wakashikombe on Twitter. Wants to know, please ask Gloria, what makes JVW so great? They've adapted well. And just to add on that, even off the field, they look so organized, social media up to date. I mean, the announcement of their team shit is miles ahead of everybody, even those playing in the PSL. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And, and a great, great observation you know, the one thing that I'm going to say to him is when women do it, they do it better. And, and, uh. and that, is, that, is, that, is, that is really no doubt. I mean, if you go to a match day, uh, a JVW, you get a match day booklet, yeah. which even in the PSL, you don't see it. You only would get it when you get when you go to uh, maybe um, knockout competitions. But JVW for each and every match they have a match day booklet which gives you the team, which talks about the players, which tells you the positions of the on the log, which tells you their key and impact players. There is so much information available, and one can only but give praise to a team that is very well organized. And I believe they are an example to a number of women football teams, and not only women football, even in the PSL, as he rightfully mentions, um, that when you have proper administration and, and a great team, a backup team, from uh, the person in, in the back room to all the way to the coach on the touchline. It can only but give you positive results because you then have a happy family. And you know that when the family is happy, 
it is very easy that you can get anything out of them. JVW is absolutely the, the epitome of what women's football or what football or how football should be run, Tabiso. Yeah, and if you don't believe us and you're on social media, go check them out. They post every single day. There's always something. They tell you about their next game. It is just beautiful to see what they're doing. Finally, Gloria, I thought that was the last question, but there is a question as well. Seems like a lot of people are watching Hollywood Bet Super League on SABC. Um, it says, uh, Deb, for Deben ladies who are bottom of the log, Gloria, what could be the challenge and the advice? Certainly, uh, in any team, uh, you've got to go through many phases. You've got to go through the, the, the forming, the storming, and the norming. And uh, Durban Ladies is one of the, 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 the very old teams. Yeah. Um, when you talk of Soweto Ladies, and when you talk of uh, Pirates Ladies, Joma Cosmos, and stuff like that, those were the teams that started women's football many, many years ago. And, and, and for Durban ladies, they've gone through a transformation. And regrettably, depending on which side of the fence you are, you would look at it and say, uh, and I'm also a believer of that, you do not take pain in installments. Mm. You allow for the pain to go through because you're aware of what lies ahead. They have basically overhauled the team and brought through the development side in the under 19s and under 15s and so forth. And majority of the senior players have been let go. And that is basically really trying to, to, to give birth to a new crop of players. Yes, they will be on the receiving end for now, because as you know, with women's football, we don't have the leagues that cater for the different divisions. So you are finding very, very young players that are up against very experienced players. And again, getting into this top flight football uh, for, for, for the young players, it, it has been a shock. And, and, and the coaches and the management is aware of it. Fortunately for Durban ladies, there is no relegation this season. So they're looking at it and saying, let us give the kids as much experience as they can this year. They will definitely be part of the setup in next season, and they will then be a force to be reckoned with. Because the brave, brave decision is, if we do not give them the chance now to learn from their mistakes, because there's got to be outcome from every loss that you go through. There's got to be a learning from every disappointment that you go through. And I think come next season, we'd be looking at a better Durban ladies. And that's basically what, what, what is, is happening w- with the team right now. Great stuff, Gloria. Always a pleasure talking to you and listening to you. Also watching you on TV. Uh, keep going. And thanks for speaking to us on SAFM. Thank you for having me, Tabiso. Thanks, Gloria Brown, SABC Sport commentator and analyst. Do catch the Hollywood Bets Super League on SABC Sport every weekend. They are there, Lebu, and the team. I see Coach Abe Walters, the former goalkeeper, is also part of that team. And uh, good to see women's football getting the respect that it deserves. Oh, we've managed to connect to Italy now. Let's wrap up the show by looking at what happened in Serie A. We are joined on the line by a former player and Italian football coach, Robert Olandi. Good evening, Coach. Thanks for speaking to us us again in South Africa. Good evening. How are you, my friend? I'm fine, thanks, coach. Maybe firstly, should we give credit to the Serie A authorities for making sure the season finished after the panic and the scares caused by COVID? We remember what was happening with that Napoli and Juventus game. Yeah, yeah. Then uh, there, uh, I think, is uh, one cup of theater. 
than uh, the situation about uh, Napoli and in the U.S. about the COVID. You understand? Mm. Because when there are the big interesting uh, in the back, uh, and uh, this is normal. You understand the situation. How is the COVID situation in your country now? But now we arrive uh, around the 30 percent of uh, the, the 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 people are. Uh, uh, with the vaccino. Yesterday oh. I, I make vaccino too. And oh, nice. uh, from yeah, from today they can uh, open uh, the for around the twenty five percent of the capacity of the stadium for the supporters. Mm. And uh, we, we but uh, the problem is the is the good uh, situation is uh, we go uh, headed to to the summer, you understand? Yeah. The people stay outside and not uh, in yeah. home uh, in the restaurant, and uh, this is that too much about Corona. So but do, you, I, do you get one vaccino yeah. or two vaccino? It's a two vaccino. Oh, yeah. okay. So one nice. vaccino now after uh, forty days, another vaccino, AstraZeneca for me. No, good one, good one, coach. Let's look yeah. at the champions, Inter Milan. They toppled Juventus this season. In your opinion, how did they do it? But uh, I am disappointed because I am a Juventus uh, supporter. <laughs> from uh, I born a Juventus oh, supporter. <laughs> but uh, no, I um, there is one uh, only one situation they. This season, the, the the Juventus management they do a very good, bad job. You understand about uh, the the staff, mm. and uh, you can't you can't appoint uh, one one uh, head coach without experience, especially in top team like Juventus. Pirlo, they was a top player, fantastic mm. player, but player in uh, coaches. Is a, is a different job, you understand. Mm. And uh, they have a big problem uh, to manage uh, inside of uh, the, 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 the team mm. because they, they don't know the, 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 the job. Mm. This is a big, big problem from Juventus. Mm. And uh, in the, the other side, Inter Milan, they have an, an, one coach like uh, Antonio Conte. There is one pragmatic uh, coach. And uh, they built a very strong team, uh, and uh, they win the league. Uh, easy, easy. Mm. And who takes credit there then for Inter Milan? Is it the coach? Because I also heard the president, Zhang, saying it was because of him that they won the, the league. But uh, I think uh, 75% of uh, the, 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 the good job is, uh, is about the, the coach. And then because the last season uh, they 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 have the same coach, uh, but uh, they they it was the first season. You understand? They mm. need to, to to have time to build the team. This season they they do a very good job uh, and they they win the league easily. Understand? I am I I, I I told you before uh, I am disappointed because yeah. I am a Juventus supporter, <laughs> yeah. but I want to be honest. Yeah. They they. Is, is, is correct. Then this season, uh, the Inter Milano, they win the league.
What about AC? There are no chances. <laughs> what about AC Milan? They had looked to be serious contenders. They went on that huge unbeaten run. Slatan Ibrahimovic was leading the line. Then he got injured. The young players had to take over. What went wrong at Milan? And is it a good season for AC to finish second? But uh, the the problem for Inter Milan uh, uh, is one uh, money problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to make a big investment, uh, and they to they want to to build one uh, um, young team to prepare for the next season. You understand? I think it's correct because uh, I, I am a, I am a head coach, a professional FIFA Pro license, but. Uh, is for me, I can't sign a 40 years old player like Ibrahimovic for 7 million that season, you understand? <laughs> it's, not, uh, it's not the future. The future is correct for the, the, the young player. They sign the, the Inter Milan. They have a good staff, a good coach. And uh, I think they have a very good future in the next few years. And how's the future for Atalanta? They third in the Champions League again. But uh, the problem for Atalanta is uh, they, 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 they have a very, very good scouting from uh, the last four or five, uh, six years. They, 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 they go to choose uh, the, 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 the best young player around in Europe, you understand? And after they sell uh, this player. And they are lucky and uh, able uh, to prepare uh, one, uh, one, uh, one team then uh, with power, with speed, with endurance, uh, they play very good football. I think it's the best uh, football than uh, they play in Italy, Atalanta. Okay, wonderful stuff. And who's your player of the season in Italy? Lukaku? No? Uh, Luka- uh, I train in Belgium. And uh, when we play against Anderlecht, was the match then Lukaku, they played the first official match in the professional uh, league. You understand? I know him for a long time. Yeah. He was 17 years old when they play against me in Belgium. <laughs> okay, what is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know him, and uh, but his Lukaku is a, is a very, very good player, and uh, is powerful. Is 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 a, a old style uh, striker. Yeah. And when are you coming to South Africa? Uh, I. I <laughs> I stay near because I train in Zambia, I train in Caps United in Zimbabwe. Yes, I now I I'm a travel, I meet the Football Federation in Namibia to take the the job of head coach of senior national team. Oh. And uh, and uh, you you don't believe that uh, I've been in South Africa in 82. Oh, wow, wow. 82. Yeah. Okay, well, oh, let's leave it there just because of time. Sorry, Coach Roberto Landi. We have to leave it there. Former player and Italian football coach. He says now he had spoken to Namibia about taking over there in Namibia. So thanks. I say a lot of guys enjoyed our interview with the La Liga analyst, also Timmy Lee. Thank you for that. But we're going to have to leave it there. It is time for news.